This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. You ever noticed how the smallest changes can make the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple, evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, and grow your business. In a recent episode, Phil tested $1,000 on some marketing principles. Some work, some don't. Uh, guest Nancy Harhut, who's been a guest of this show as well, and Phil put these principles to test in a set of real-life experiments. You'll learn what works and what doesn't. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Mark Mears. He's a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and consultant. He serves as the Chief Growth Officer of Leaf Growth Ventures, LLC, a consulting firm inspiring individuals, teams, and organizations to find purpose in fulfilling their true growth potential while making a positive, lasting difference in the world. We're going to talk about his fairly new book titled The Purposeful Growth Revolution, Four Ways to Grow from Leader to Legacy Builders. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, as listeners know, sometimes I, I like to start with the title and break some things down. And so I want to just kind of ask you, how do you define purposeful growth as opposed to, I don't know, growth? <laughs> well, I think the whole emphasis on purpose is on important, sure. is important and it's on purpose because purpose <laughs> matters. And it's not yeah. because I say it does, it's because all the research that suggests it, it is a very important part of what we're all here to do. And while we all think maybe of purpose as some sort of noun or thing, like I gotta find my purpose, uh, I, I, I really look at purposeful as a better word because it's an action word. Mm. And I believe we're always growing up into our purpose. And when we know what that is, we can grow more purposefully into that vision and that version of ourselves. If, if, if you just grow and you're really not growing on purpose, you could be like a weed and you're just kind yeah. of all, you know, like, you know, all over the place, right? But when you really laser focus in on who you are, whose you are, and what we're all put on this earth to do, based on the unique skill sets and gifts we've all been given, then you're fulfilling a purpose over time. And that word fulfilling is also very important. So, so I know that in, in looking at your bio, you, you spent a great deal of your career working with very large organizations. And you know many of them would say, well, yeah, this is a good idea, but we have shareholders that we have to care about. We have, you know, our growth has to be measured, you know, maybe in a much broader, deeper way. It can't be somebody's, you know, individual vision. You know, what would you say to somebody who says, well, that's a good idea, but. <laughs> well, you know, I've spent a lot of time doing research and I'm also a member of a global organization called Conscious Capitalism. Mm -hmm. And it was based on a book that was written by Whole Foods co-founder and yeah, CEO, John, John Mackey and yeah. Raj Sasodia. Yeah, yeah. And so they really break down this whole idea that it's not an, an, an or proposition. It's an and yeah. proposition. And some right. of the most profitable companies in the world are some of the most philanthropic and are the most purposeful. 
And so when I hear that, as someone who spent over 20 years in the C-suite, and I was, you know, I was consciously, I guess, capitalistic before I ever heard the term, because I just believe that you can do well by doing good. And if you think about what's been going on specifically during this COVID era with the great resignation, which I call the great repurposing, which we can talk about, or quiet quitting, and according to Gallup, historically low levels of engagement among team members. And then you juxtapose it by saying, well, why do people leave the workforce? And you look at the study that the Sloan School of Management at MIT uh, conducted over 34 million people who left the workforce during COVID and asked them a simple question, why? The number one answer, John, over 10 times more than the second most given answer was toxic work environment. Compensation didn't come up until number 16 on the list. So when you think about pragmatically in a boardroom, you know, I believe you have four stakeholders and I think it's all about stakeholder balance. You've got your team members, not employees. You've got your guests or customers or clients. You've got your business partners, which could include shareholders if you're publicly traded, like several companies I've been part of are. And then you have your communities. And and if if you think that purpose plays a huge role, if that's a four-circle Venn diagram, think of that as purposeful growth right in the middle, all revolving around it. And, And now breaking it down even further, to some of the CFOs who say, well, I'm just all about metrics, fine. You like profit, don't you? Well, what's the largest line item on most P&Ls? It's usually labor, right? So think about the cost it takes to find, recruit, hire, train, recognize, reward, and retain a team member. And what happens if they leave, it creates a vicious cycle where you've got to repeat that process all over again, not to mention the uh, engagement loss of others who may be disgruntled or maybe the cost of replacing others and or, you know, the cost of of loss of productivity because that person left and takes time to, to fill it. So in black and white, the notion, John, of purpose and profit is much more aligned than it is purpose or profit or purpose is a rounding error. Maybe we'll get to it. It's a nice feel good. Yeah, we'll throw a little something into the charity basket. That's not the way business is being done today, nor do I believe it's the way that we will be able to recruit the best and brightest because many of them are asking their interview questions right now. Am I going to be able to fulfill my purpose here? Or what's the purpose of this company over and above profit? They really want to know that, especially among the younger millennials and Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I'm not debating that in any way, shape or form, but I do think a lot of organizations, you know, it takes time to build that culture. It takes time to build the processes that are going to drive purpose deep into the organization. And I think that people just get kind of short-sighted, don't they? And think, oh no, we just need more sales. That's why I call it the purposeful growth revolution, John. It's because this really is a revolution that's taking place and many companies are jumping on board and others are going to follow because that's the new way of work. And if you think about the idea of, I looked at at brands as a a branding expert, most people say, well, there's one brand, it's whatever, it's Pepsi, it's Coke, it's McDonald's, it's whatever. I think, no. Then we heard, well, there's two brands, the internal brand, the external brand. 
Well, I believe there are four brands. There's the personal brand that each and every one of our team members, including ourselves, has, whether we know it or not. It asks the question, who am I? And then the internal brand is the collective we of the organization, which then asks the question, what do we stand for? And then the third brand is the external brand that goes to the end user, the client, the customer, the guest, and the community, which should ask the question, well, what, what value is being exchanged here? And then finally, there is the employer brand that is really taking off because of the scarcity of finding and keeping good quality people. And that asks the question, do I belong here? And belonging is so important, John. We talk about DEI, and we should diversity, equity, inclusion. But if you think about it, diversity just gets us in the door. Inclusion gets us a seat at the table. And equity gives us an equal voice. And all that's great. But if we don't feel like we belong, we're probably not going to feel vulnerable enough to give up our very best because we're just happy to be in the room where it happened. Right? To quote Hamilton. And I think that's really the importance today of making every team member feel like they're a valued member of the team. I've come up with an acronym called love, listen, mm -hmm. observe, value, and empower. And if you think about those four very powerful components to building a lasting, loving relationship, well, then you're not going to get the quiet quitting. Then you're not going to get the resigning and moving on to somewhere else. Uh, you're going to get people that build that team mentality. And, you know, I'm blessed to live here in Kansas City and we have the Kansas City Chiefs and we just won the Super Bowl. But it, it, after that game, you saw people making plays who didn't make plays all year. But they played their role in their moment and that allowed the whole team to persevere and ultimately win the game's grandest on the game's grandest stage. And so yeah. making people feel like they're a valuable member of the team and empowering them to be their best, whatever their superpower is, allow them to, uh, to really maximize that for the benefit of the team. You wouldn't say to Patrick Mahomes, hey, you're a pretty good quarterback, Pat, but you know, you can't tackle for crap. So we're going to put you <laughs> on the defensive line to round you out a bit. That would be a waste. Right. But I've been in companies yeah, yeah. where they've done that. And they've said, well, you're really good at this, but we, we, we want to round you out. And they, 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 they put me or other people in these, you know, uh, these areas that they had no interest in, no aptitude in. And they finally kind of said, look, I'm just, I'm going to leave and go somewhere where my true talents are, you know, allowed to shine. And I could actually have help getting them to be even better. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. You know, companies are under pressure right now. I mean, pressure to get more leads close deals faster, get better insights to create the best experience for customers. A CRM can help, but not just any CRM. One that's easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. And that's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is easy for everyone to use on day one, and it helps teams be more productive. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages. Set up marketing automation to give every contact white glove treatment. Plus, AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters, your customers. 
HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started today for free at HubSpot.com. Hey, marketing agency owners, you know, I can teach you the keys to doubling your business in just 90 days or your money back. Sound interesting? All you have to do is license our three-step process that's going to allow you to make your competitors irrelevant, charge a premium for your services, and scale, perhaps without adding overhead. And here's the best part. You can license this entire system for your agency by simply participating in an upcoming agency certification intensive. Look, why create the wheel? Use a set of tools that took us over 20 years to create, and you can have them today. Check it out at dtm.world slash certification. That's dtm.world slash certification. Well, as a Chiefs fan, I, <clears throat> I would say that it, it appears Andy Reid is actually very good at that, what you just mentioned, you know, getting everybody to step up and play their role. Yep. Another important concept of this book is the, the, the difference between leader and legacy builder, as you call it. Um, I wonder yep. if you could spend some time kind of unpacking that concept. Absolutely. You know, John, everybody seems to want to learn how to be a better leader. That's great. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry from, yes, yes, you know, is. what we're doing here, podcasts to conferences, to seminars, to webinars, to blogs, e-newsletters, you name it. And if you Google the word leader or leadership, you'll get 1.7 billion with a B hits. So we know people want to learn how to be a better leader. That's great. But not too many people are asking the question, how do I create a legacy? And in fact, a living legacy. I don't want to wait till I'm dead and bequeath something, not that definition of legacy. But yeah. every single day, how can I create a living legacy that ultimately creates a ripple effect to where I can support you on your growth journey and then you're going to want to do likewise. So it comes back to my personal brand and i wrote a purpose statement and it says i don't want to just make money and retire i want to make a difference and inspire and that means making a difference in the lives of others and inspiring them to want to do likewise so it creates this virtuous cycle of reciprocity or what i call paying it backward that helps elevate others and inspires them to want to do likewise and now you're creating a living legacy and, and suggesting that leadership is important, of course, but making a difference in the lives of people and inspiring them to want to do likewise is really where that uh, term comes from. So if somebody's saying to themselves, they read the book, they're listening to this podcast and they're saying to themselves, this makes a lot of sense. We need to do this at our organization. And yet, you know, the environment and the culture is what it is today. And so walking in and saying it's a new day sometimes is, is tough. So what are some of the maybe small steps uh, that can show you want to move this direction? Or what are some of the first places company might start going to try to make a change uh, in the culture? Yeah. And, you know, John, and throughout my career, I've, I've had the good fortune to be in some companies that lived into its purpose. Yeah. Now, many people would call it a culture, but what I what I love to do is look at words deeply. And I believe that a community is better than culture. A culture may just be something you're part of. A community is something that you can belong in. And where there's mm -hmm. that sense of belonging 
and that sense of teamwork, you know, I liken it to a rowing team where all oars are in the water rowing together. It's called swing, I'm told, and it actually lifts the boat and, you know, propels it swiftly through the water. The Cheesecake Factory, when I was the chief marketing officer there, was one such company. But it starts at the top and the CEO has to be bought in. Uh, because otherwise it can sure. turn into some flavor of the month initiative. Or if it comes from HR, it's like, well, they might get patted on the head and say, isn't that cute? But it has to come from the leader. And the leader needs to understand that this idea of being purposeful will in, in allow all shareholders, the, the rising tide that lifts all boats, it will help attract and retain and engage team members right? So it'll, they'll be more productive. It will uh, trickle to your customers or clients or guests, depending on what your industry is. And they'll notice the value that exchange and, and to see that's more profitable. We know that um, companies who are more purposeful, there are people now that are, are you know going to those companies and spending more because they believe what I believe, right? And then your shareholders and your business partners, anybody in that business ecosystem is going to be lifted up because you're going to be more profitable. And then the communities in which you serve, and it could be your immediate community, it could be regionally, it could be nationally, or it could be globally, are going to benefit from your purposeful living and the way you take the profits that you make and distribute them, or maybe it's your business practices, maybe they're more sustainable. And in some way, you're helping the world be better because you're in it. Now, if I were a CEO and I had that, and someone were to tell me that, I'd say, I wanna listen. Yeah, I mean, let me, let me read this book because that it is a playbook for how to grow a company from just being a company who makes widgets and earns a profit to a company that literally creates this community of which many people, all four stakeholders benefit. Yeah, I've <clears throat> had, there have been some recent books on this topic and I've had guests on this show that have talked about community from a marketing standpoint as actually being kind of the last frontier that, you know, that all the digital stuff and all the tactics that, you know, that people play in, you know, the most potent one is building a strong community. Yeah, and I think, you know, during COVID, we, we all, I think, got a little uh, some time out to really reflect deeply yeah, yeah, on yeah. not only what, you but who matters most in our lives. And I think while we were sequestered in homes and doing meetings via Zoom or other digital platforms, I think we all realized how much we need community. And when you think about this idea of, you know, who matters most, I go back to the Simon Sinek model and start with why. But I believe instead of just the why, how, and what, He's missing something very important, the who. The who you serve, you think about it, four circle Venn diagram, because they're all intertwined, like our four seasons, right? It could be spiritual, relational, personal, and professional. We're whole people. And that's why I put that emphasis on the personal brand that is just now starting to gain more traction instead of you're hired and you should be glad you got hired and here's your paycheck and you should be glad you're getting a paycheck to, right. I want to treat you as a whole person and I want to 
treat you as a team member because I don't want you resigning or quietly quitting or, or all those negative things. I really want this enterprise to succeed. And now, based on this notion of who you serve, that serves as a foundation for then how you plug in to that collective we of the internal brand that then leads to how you deliver the value to the external brand and then how you recruit, uh, engage and retain team members through your employer brand. So it's all intertwined and revolving around purposeful growth. So I noticed on your website, like all good consultants, you have an assessment where somebody can actually kind of yes. maybe get a baseline on where they are in some of these uh, things. You want to in invite people to where they might find that, find out more about you and connect. And obviously I, I know the book's available pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Books. yeah. Thanks, John. You can go to my website, which is Mark A. Mears, M-E-A-R-S.com. And right there, you'll see a link that you can create or your own or take your own self-assessment. takes about five, six minutes, and it does go through the four kind of segments of the book. And it's like providing a benchmark of where you are now as it relates to how you feel about purpose and, and also how aligned your organization is. And so that you can see if there are gaps, what needs to happen to fulfill them and if you're a company, I've also put together a brand assessment where I can take what you're currently doing and see how aligned it is with what your team members are saying, and then come in and help you close those gaps. So the assessment is really a great tool to begin the dialogue. Once you complete it, you can download a copy of your customized report. And so you can buy the book, The Purposeful Growth Revolution, Four Ways to Grow from Leader to Legacy Builder, it's available on Amazon in paperback, hardcover, and ebook, as well as Barnes and Noble and probably other places books are sold. And then if you would love to connect with me, you can do that on LinkedIn. I would love to get to know you and talk further and build a relationship with you. Awesome. Well, Mark, thanks so much for taking a moment to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you uh, one of these days next time I'm in Kansas City or on the road somewhere. Excellent. So is it true you're going to send me a roll of duct tape? As, uh, kind of a, a... <laughs> no, we're fresh out of duct tape. It's funny Thank though, you, over, over the years, pe people <laughs> have certainly sent me lots of different duct tape mementos. So again, thanks so much, Mark, and uh, appreciate you stopping by. My pleasure. Hey, and one final thing before you go, you know how I talk about marketing strategy, strategy before tactics. Well, sometimes it can be hard to understand where you stand in that, what needs to be done with regard to creating a marketing strategy. So we created a free tool for you. It's called the Marketing Strategy Assessment. You can find it at marketingassessment.co, not .com, .co. Check out our free marketing assessment and learn where you are with your strategy today. That's just marketingassessment.co. I'd love to chat with you about the results that you get.